have something more official. What was that? That was just a, I was grabbing my power ratings paper. Oh, okay. Gotcha. Well, we got we got to cut that out. That can't happen. Well, I'm not going to move it during the podcast. <laughs> Dang. That was just loud. Jeez. I know it was. It's not going to happen again. Podcast coming through with the podcast waves. We are excited to bring you episode one of the FLFFFL podcast. Uh, this is the host, Matthew Honeycutt, and commissioner for this year's 2021 season. We are so excited that we are going to be bringing you podcast information to all the folks in the league and maybe outside the league. But let me introduce some folks to you. We have our Co-host slash co-commissioner John Lassie. What's going on, John? Just glad to be here. Nice. Awesome. And then also our other co-host, former commissioner, Mr. William Myers. What's going on, Will? Bryce just offered me Devontae Freeman for CeeDee Lamb, so BTB is is in full force. <laughs> oh, my goodness. All wow. right. We'll get to – everybody will get to know – who that is and why we are talking about bad trade berry. But anyways, we'll get to that. Um, guys, are y'all excited? I'm excited. Football's back. It is back. It's back. As we speak, going on. Yeah, we're watching the Thursday night football first game of the year right now. It is. It's a tight one. Man, there is a lot of passing going on. A lot, a of, lot passing. of passing. Yeah. So I think I think we'll get to that like later in the in the show. And I'm, of course we'll talk about it as we're talking through our drafts. But yeah, it's an exciting game. It's in the middle of the fourth quarter right now. So we'll uh you'll get our live reactions as things are happening. Yes, for sure. But in our first episode, we got a lot to break down. So we gotta get through some stuff. But maybe Will, I'm gonna kick this to you, man. You wanna kind of break down a little bit of the history of FL, FFFL in our league and all that stuff. Yeah, thanks. So I believe this is the ninth year of the league. Uh, the league was started in the fall of 2013 when Bryce Berry had the brilliant idea to start a fantasy football league while we were in the Forge, hence the name Forging Lifelong Friendships. So uh, I won the first two years, and then Hunter Lee, the only champion to retire, won in year three. And then it was some order of uh, – Matt Lance and Wally, not, I don't remember who won which year. And then uh, after that, I believe it was Matt Myers, me and Matt Myers again. So uh, that's kind of a quick run through. We've had several people drop out, several people come into the league. We have a new one this year, Monty Spurgeon. Welcome, Monty. We're excited you could be here. Um, so yeah, it's, it's been a great league. You know, you get a trophy if you win. Although I think I'm a few years behind on my trophies. I don't think Matt Myers got his from last year. Or I from the year before, but uh, you get a trophy if you win. It's really exciting. It's a really fun, active league. But um, yeah, we're just I'm just hoping to see some sort of competition. A non Myers hasn't won since 2017, so you know that's that's not a great showing by any non Myers out there. But it's been a fun league. It's been an exciting league, uh, and yeah, it, it, it's based on my Willis Cool. Uh, preseason power rankings is shaping up to be another very competitive and exciting season. So, and this will be our ninth season. Man, so, crazy. pretty crazy. Yeah. Nine years. 
I'm trying to think back, Will. How many how many people do we have from that first inaugural season when we started? Yeah, so uh, just off the top of my head here, it's me, you, Bryce Berry, uh, Matt Lance, Wally, Omar, and I think that might be it. Yeah, so about uh, half the league. Yeah, half the league has stayed true. So let me just triple check that. One, two, three, four, five, six. Yeah, half the league. And originally it was a 10-team league. So we've retained most of the people from that first season and then expanded a little bit to 12 teams just uh, maybe four or five years ago. So, Man, that's awesome. And then kind of talk through a little bit of the expansion. Like, I mean, why did we choose the people that we brought in? How they come along? Yeah, so like uh, Mr. John Lassie himself, mainly this, at least the way I viewed it, not everyone probably agrees with me here. It's just a way to keep in touch with some friends I don't see very often, particularly friends that we made the years from Pine Cove. So really everyone in this group I know through Pine Cove, and I think most people know the other people in this group that way as well. There might be one or two of us who haven't met or something like that just because their, their paths never crossed. But, um, yeah, everyone in this league was has worked at Pine Cove or we met through Pine Cove. So that's kind of why – oh, my gosh. Did y'all see that fumble? Chris Godwin just fumbled at the two. Anyways, live reaction, like I said. Um, and so, yeah, I kind of have tried to keep it true to that end. You know, friends from camp who live – you know, in Georgia or in Nashville or in Arkansas or in Texas, but who live in completely different parts of Texas or whatever. So that's kind of been what I have tried. And it's, it's stayed true with, with Monty joining this year. So uh, it's been really fun to keep in touch with some people. You know, it's a great way. I don't text, for example, Bryce a ton outside of the fall, but in the fall we text like six times a week at least. So it's really <laughs> fun to kind of keep that going. Yes. For sure. Is it fun texting Bryce? Well, that, that's a that's, bad that's example for, for fun. But let's, for example, I don't text Bird very often at all. I sent him a text today, mainly for a trade request. But, you know, at least we're getting the conversation started. Did he respond? No. Bird's not great about it. Bird, you need to step it up. <laughs> I'm calling you out. I have no problem doing that. Oh, man. Calling shots already fired. At least well, I didn't forget him. Yeah, that is true. That was our bad. That was dun, our bad. Dun, dun. Yeah, we feel real bad about that bird. Sorry so so much. Just, so much. Yeah, that was bad. Anyways, so trying to see a different perspective, uh, John, maybe kind of throw it from your perspective. Kind of a newer person in the league. Um, yeah, I mean, I think we'll hit the nail on the head. I, I've really enjoyed being a part of it. Um, ironically, a lot of the guys in the league that are were in the same forge class, I could have been in that forge class. That's a story for another time. It's it's a great league. Uh, I think the only three guys I haven't ever met are Omar and the brothers, uh, Meyer uh, or you know Willsbro, uh, Matthew Myers, and um, Tate. I've never met, but I've texted everybody in the league. So okay. yeah, it's good nice. good times. Well, that's cool. I don't know if y'all just saw uh, our. Our analyst, uh, Steve, just handed me a piece of paper, and it says that the Ravens just signed Latavius Murray. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Woo. Yeah, my Saints Saints cut him. Yeah, so that's I don't really know why. He had a pretty good year last year. But... That's yeah, we'll, we'll talk through the Ravens' backfield. There's some <laughs> crazy injuries happening. Yeah, absolutely. When we get further down. But anyways, maybe real quick, um, 
we've talked through the names already in the first uh, few minutes of the podcast, but maybe just doing a quick team breakdown so far of our 12 teams in the league and who the managers are. I'll take that one. John, John you want to take us through that? Yeah, so I'm not going to talk about who's on their team. I'll just I'll just list names of the yeah, team sure. and the mm-hmm. owner. So, uh, and I'll run through y'all's too. Um, so obviously, you know, our, our former commissioner uh, Will Myers is the Willinium Falcons. Uh, Matthew Honeycutt is Matty Ice and the Boys. Matt Lance is the Funky Town Fellas. Wally Jenkins is Chubby Girlies. Our Swift. Bryce Berry is Run DMC. Matthew Myers is Gangsta's Paradise. Daddy Kyle is none other than Kyle Gorya. Hold My Cook is Tate Berry. No Keepers League is Omar Pacciano. Did I say that right? Pacciano. Pacciano. Dang it. Sorry, Omar. If if I do you better, I I do that better. I'll I'll get better. The Big Easy is our newbie of the year, Monty Spurgeon, and uh, Birdman uh, team. Birdman is owned by Michael Atkinson. Who's Michael then, Atkinson? LOL. Right, Bird. <laughs> the, the Birdman. You'll hear us refer to him as Bird. That's just his name, Bird. And then uh, bringing up bring up the rear, hopefully not the rear in the standings, uh, is myself, John Lassie, and I'm the manager of Run CMC. And I would just like to take a minute and commend you on that name. What a fantastic name that is. Very unique and original. I, I, I just commend you on that name. I, it might be my favorite name in the league. Appreciate it. Thank yeah. you. Ryan CMC. Yep. Sweet. Well, those are our teams, 12-team league. We are a PPR league. So as you listen to us, you're going to know we're heavy on the receptions, probably wide receivers or running backs that are heavy in PPR. But anyways – um, that's kind of how our league goes. Um, and we, again, we're just excited to get to talk about football, particularly fantasy football, about an hour each week and bringing you content, hopefully ahead of time before kickoff to give you, of course, what everyone is wanting to hear, our power rankings from our former commish, uh, William Myers, but then also just breaking down some stuff going on in the league. Um, but on this first episode, we really want to get to break down the draft. We had our draft last week. I think, guys, wasn't it last week? Is that right? Yep. Yeah, last Monday, and it was fun, man. I love draft night. I don't know about y'all. I'll let y'all chime in here in a second. I love draft night. I love being on the phone with my, my boys, Bryce and Kyle, and just talking through stuff and just catching up, and it's just a fun time. And it's here. Fall is here. Love fall. Um Maybe tell me real quick, what are, what's y'all's draft night routine? Do you have any routine you do on draft night? Classy, go ahead. You got a routine? I don't have any specific routine. I usually just set up shop at my kitchen table um, and uh, just try to make the best of my picks. There's not any real – you know, I don't go through any kind of certain routine or anything. So, Okay. I always print out, I always print out the um, – ESPN cheat sheets inevitably yes. to not even look at them because I just yes. use what they the software that they have uh, on draft night and then I occasionally text my brother about picks and that's it I don't have a routine okay so awesome well um, maybe let's let's jump into the draft like let's see what happened what did the teams look like um, man I 
it happened fast. So we did make a change where it was a little bit longer picks. It felt like we could make a little bit better decisions. But um, running back heavy early, I don't, I don't know. Y'all kind of walk me through. What was y'all's strategy on draft night? So I had the first pick uh, of the draft, and obviously, you know, uh, I think it, it took made the decision pretty easy um, with the first pick overall with Christian McCaffrey. I mean, I think that's pre- he's pretty much the consensus number one pick. Maybe in some drafts, Dalvin Cook went first, or you know, a, a smattering of other folks um, that may have been more Homer type picks. But I think that, that I was always locked in on on CMC from the beginning. Um, and then, you know, I, I really wanted to get a solid running back, um, or one of the top tight ends, um, in my next two picks and Darren Waller went right before I picked 24 and 25. So I decided to shift strategies and went uh, wide receiver, wide receiver. Um, and then from there, I just tried to make it pretty well balanced. I didn't, I tried not to reach too much for any, any one person or, or one player. I had my guys I wanted to get some of them I didn't get. And some of them I did. So overall, and then I'm a firm believer in and waiting on quarterbacks, at, you know, at, at, as long as possible, and then um, also waiting to the very end for defense and kicker. Gotcha. Solid strategy there. Will remind me what was your draft position? What was your thoughts going through? Uh- I was eighth, and I don't really have like a strategy per se, but there are certain guys I kind of key in on and, and want on my team. So, for example, this year I went in thinking CeeDee Lamb was going to be the go-to receiver on the Dallas Cowboys. And then I thought, okay, in the later rounds, if I can get um, Terrace Marshall and Gronk, those are two other guys I targeted um, as kind of guys who I think might make a difference. You know, Gronk played really well in the playoffs. And Terrace Marshall's a wide receiver at LSU, so I'm obviously very familiar with him. But he is the best like red zone receiver I have seen and was the best red zone receiver on that 2019 team, which had Justin Jefferson and Jamar Chase. Terrace Marshall got hurt half of the year, but he was leading the team in touchdowns before he got hurt. So I think he really can be a touchdown machine and someone who I thought if I could get him late – um, and not necessarily reach for him, but like in a round where I've already got running backs and, and go get him, I would I would get him, and I got him in round 12. Uh, I think my brother was going to take him the pick after me, um, but I was I, I got him right before him. And so that's kind of my strategy is I kind of, uh, you know, have certain guys I key, on, key in on. The other thing that happened this draft, which is not always my strategy, but I found that there were a lot of players who, based on the ESPN system, were ranked highly – but fell to me. So we kind of had this conversation off air, but Saquon Barkley was ranked as the third best player on the ESPN, you know, software. And I got him at eight. Uh, Same thing happened. I believe if I remember correctly with Najee, CD and Julio, I got them all below where they were projected to be. So um, that's not always my strategy, but that's how it worked out for me this time. Yeah. I mean, that's, kind of what happened to me in the middle rounds, there were some guys that fell to me that I was like, man, I just have to get, I have to grab this guy. He's there. And that was kind of a theme in our draft. And then obviously (laughs) I think rounds five through once we got to round five, running backs were sparse. There were none. Yeah. And that's usually how it rolls and goes, but um, it just seemed like they went really early, early and often in our draft. Um. But I don't know, maybe we want to do a quick uh, 
kind of uh, draft recap and talk through. Will, kind of give me your best draft, worst draft. Who do you feel like had the had came away with the best draft? Yeah, so overall. we actually we actually talked about this off air as well, and you guys made fun of me for this pick, but. I, I and think you're, it's, and, you're, and you're sticking with it, and I'm, right? and I'm sticking with it even after you guys made fun of me. I'm going with Funky Town Fellas. I'm going with Matt Lance. There's a okay. couple reasons why, and I'll, I'll go into why you guys made fun of me for this later. Um, they're not necessarily saying that Matt Lance had a bad draft, but there's reasons, and there's valid reasons why they say this. But if you would have told me before the draft that you could have Aaron Jones, Antonio Gibson as your running backs one and two and Amari Cooper and Adam Thielen as your top two wide receivers. Oh, and you also have Dak Prescott and Logan Thomas. I would have taken that any day of the week. In fact, I would have been ecstatic about that because I think Aaron Jones and Antonio Gibson. Aaron Jones, I love Aaron Jones. I think he's a fantastic running back. And Antonio Gibson, I think, is going to be like a running back one, like a top 12 running back on the year. Yeah, I agree. And, And I also said this to you guys off air. There are two position groups where I think no matter who you draft, you're in good hands. It's the Cincinnati Bengals wide receivers, and that's Jamar Chase, T. Higgins, and uh, Tyler Boyd, who I think are all going to be very, very solid fantasy options. The other one was the Dallas Cowboy wide receiver, Amari Cooper, C.D. Lamb, and Michael Gallup. And of those three Dallas Cowboys, obviously Amari Cooper and C.D. Lamb are going to be the top two. And then if you look at Minnesota, for example, where Matt Lance also got Adam Thielen, it's Justin Jefferson and Adam Thielen, and that's basically it. And Justin Jefferson is now going to be the guy that gets all that – gets the number one corner, for example. So um, I think his starting lineup is incredibly solid, um, and it's even kind of playing out tonight, right? If As of right now, his team has 65 points. Amari's got basically 38. Dak's got 27. That's a really good yeah. start. Really good start for both of those guys. So now the reason you guys made fun of me is because his bench is freaking terrible. And I, I kind of agree with you guys there. Um, there's not a ton on his bench that I like. He also drafted three quarterbacks. He's since cut one of them, if I'm not mistaken. He made some um, good moves after that point. I, I yeah. was, we were hard on him for that. I think he's recovered yeah. from that decision. And the only the only really – like he has Dallas Goddard on his bench. I think Dallas Goddard's a pretty solid tight end and someone who might do better than Logan Thomas this year. Um, you know, depending on that quarterback situation in Philly. But the only really kind of question mark for Matt Lance for me as far as the stars go is his flex. I'm not, is I'm not super excited about Jalen Rager. Henry Ruggs is obviously incredibly talented. Um, but who knows if he can, like, take that next step. I think he can. I mean, he he was drafted really early by Vegas, presumably to be, to be their wide receiver. He was really good in college Alabama. I think Will Fuller's okay. Um, so that is obviously like they're by far their weakest. But if you're going to be weak somewhere, I'd rather be weak at flex than I would say running back two or tight end because tight end can be a real difference maker if you've got someone like Darren Waller or Travis Kelsey or George Kittle. And then running back two, obviously you want a really, really solid running back two. There's so many wide receivers. There's Someone's going to step up if, if Matt Lance is, is – active on the waiver wire. He's going to be able to pick up someone or trade for someone that can fill in that flex role nicely. That's, someone's, that's on someone's bench right now. So um, I'm sticking with that. I think he's got a great team. I think he's going to win this week because he has two guys and they have like 80 points so or 70 points. So anyways, that's my best draft. 
Nice. Okay, cool. Lastly, uh, John, maybe tell us from your vantage point, who had the best draft? Who walked away with the best team? Yeah, so are we giving any feedback to Will? Or I guess he addressed it for the most part. Um, the only other we thing can, I'd say what, about what, – What feedback do you have on my on my pick there? The Lassie, only other thing I'd think? say about Lance is he, he took the def- defense first. He was the first to draft a defense in round eight. And then technically he was second to draft a kicker because, you know, Wally drafted his, his homeboy Rodrigo Blankenship. The first kicker to he, go. Right. But in, and then in, pick, in round 12, he drafted Lance drafted a, a kicker. Just, and again, personal preference. And then I was really dogging on him, as you all know, with the, the three quarterbacks, with a set it and forget it quarterback like Dak. You don't need Trevor Lawrence. You don't need Baker Mayfield. He just lost some value there. I agree. His starting lineup is stellar, really good. His bench just stinks. And I will say, Lassie, um, before you go real quick, that we're this is like based on your draft position, right? We're not just saying that Funky Town Fellows had the best draft, but relative to his draft position. Sure, yeah. I thought yeah, he did, no, really, I thought he did yeah, really well. I don't well, think, I think that's, that's a good way yeah. to put it. Yeah. I think you could go a couple different ways with it. I mean, I think I definitely – and I, I went with per draft position as well. So great segue there. I think actually, and ironically, he complained about getting this draft – pick because you know we we when we selected the order we did it in reverse order and he was the first pick um that we or first name we drew out of out of the hat but i think tate um picking at 12 i feel like he he returned a pretty good uh pretty good draft um i mean he has jonathan taylor who i think is going to be is going to be really good this year um i think he's going to get a lot of a lot of volume tyreek hill is obviously a beast Miles Sanders can be hit or miss, but I, I mean, he, he's a, a really talented player. Kareem Hunt obviously is solid in the flex. Lamar Jackson, I mean, and then I, th- I feel like his bench is, is pretty good. He has, you know, Trey Sermon, I'm high on him. I think he'll finish the year being pretty good in San Francisco, even though he's just a rookie. Um, so overall, you know, I mean, say what you will too about Brandon Cooks, but he is the number one in Houston. He may not en- end up staying in Houston through the season, but he's all they got. Yeah, that's all they got. So, I feel like I mean, again, per draft position, you know, I agree, Will, that you could we could look at it per draft position. That's what I did. I think you could also look at, you know, the value of players they got in certain rounds or whatever. I guess that's kind of the saying the same thing, just a different way. But Tate would be my pick for for you know best draft considering his his draft position at twelve. Yeah, and, and I, I I do like his team. I think I like Lance's starters better, but I am a huge Kareem Hunt fan in the flex. Um, yeah. He catches like eight balls yeah. a game. So, you know, he's going to get you double digit points almost every week, probably closer to 15 than 10. So, I, yeah, I think I think Tate's got a solid team as well. Yeah, and especially like you said, coming from the 12, I mean, that's a pretty good return. Mike Evans not doing great tonight, but still his solid team from top to bottom. Yeah. It's good, Greg the leg, with the uh, field Greg goal with one twenty-four left to go up by one. Cowboys have taken the lead. That's that's, awesome. that's too much time. That's too much time. I mean, for the goat, it's right. Probably, yeah. probably too yeah. much time. We'll see what he's got left in him. Um, just to respond a little bit to yours, Will, I, I'm just having trouble with the the full roster and even just his full starters. I think that flex spot is pretty important. So. I, I'm just a little bit question mark on that pick, but I can see all your other points um, as far as you go with, with Funky Town fellows. From my vantage point, 
a guy who we've probably given a lot of heck for not having the best drafts. I think Omar Pachicano, OP3, walked away with a pretty good draft. Um, surprise me. I mean, surprise me. Um, we see tonight Chris Godwin doing his thing. Um, has a lot of catches. I don't know exactly how many. Um, he has 20.1 fantasy points at this point. And you got to yeah. think he's going to get a few more points because – you know, Tampa Bay's got the ball with 124 left. So yeah, he has eight receptions for 81 yards and a touchdown. Yeah, and so, and that's his that's his receiver too. He's got Diggs, Brady. Yeah. I'm really high on Eckler. I think he's gonna be he's gonna get a ton of touches, and he's always got a ton of receptions. I like Chris Carson's. He's probably my top RB two option. Um, and I would have loved to have him on my team. Great tight end. Brandon um, Ayuk, I think he's great in the flex. Uh, he is going to be a really good receiver this year. Um, sleeper, I think. And not sleeper. He's not really under the radar. I think, he, But he's going to come alive and probably take a, a step forward this year. Um, so, and, and his bench isn't bad. Uh, Boyd is his top receiver off. Boyd, Mr. Consistent, always does well. And he's in that Bengals backfield, like you mentioned, Will. Michael Carter, I think, has the potential to get a lot of touches in the Jets. And then it cuts, it starts kind of falling off. But I think he walked away with a pretty solid draft after draft night. So, OP3, I'll give you a few claps. I think you, you did a pretty good job this year um, from the draft. So, um, let's flip it a little bit. Maybe let's – Will, if you want to kick us off with – who maybe walked away with not so good of a draft? I could not be happier to do this. Yes, I know <laughs> you're just chopping at the bit. Chopping at the bit. So, to me, it wasn't very close. Um, the person that had the worst draft was Bryce. <laughs> so, he drafted, what, two overall? I think he drafted two overall. No, he was three. He was three. And, and turn Steve says okay. three. Okay, intern Steve. Intern Steve. Yeah, he's right. He's number three. Okay. So Alvin Kamara, obviously, you know, there's nothing wrong with that pick, right? But in the second round, he got my least favorite player in all of fantasy football, a or Joe Mixon. Joe Mixon is a terrible, terrible player. Terrible, terrible option. Totally agree. He's definitely and, on my no no draft list. Yeah, and and you Agreed. look at you look at the running backs drafted after Joe Mixon. You had Clyde Edwards-Helaire, which you know, not a great season last year, but if he improves even a little bit, he's infinitely better than Joe Mixon. James Robinson was better than Joe Mixon last year, if I'm not mistaken. I'd have, I don't have that confirmed, but I'm pretty Definitely sure that was confirmed. the case. Definitely confirmed. He was on my team. Okay, yeah. <clears throat> I mean, Miles Sanders, like you guys mentioned, is hit or miss. I'm not a huge Miles Sanders fan, but Chris Carson, I think, is better. He was drafted after him. Mm-hmm. And then that's that's but like even Josh Jacobs, right? Josh Jacobs was drafted twenty-six picks after Joe Mixon. And to me, I would prefer Josh Jacobs over Joe Mixon, personally. Yeah. And I'm not done. So that was a big, big red flag the second Joe Mixon was picked. Second, the other thing that Bryce did is he completely neglected tight end and ended up with Blake Jarwin. Whatever he he ditched Blake Jarwin or he traded Blake Jarwin, one of the two, and picked up Gerald Everett and tight end free agency. Whatever, 
Um, he has Allen Robinson as his number one wide receiver. And I think Allen Robinson is a fine number one wide receiver. I think he's pretty lousy. I'm sorry. I think Allen Robinson is a fine number two wide receiver. I think he's pretty lousy as a number one wide receiver. There are so many guys that rather than him. He traded for Keenan Allen. I believe he gave up Tyler Lockett. No. Who did he give up to get Keenan Allen? Give me one second. Uh, we have the trade listed. Uh, he uh, gave me um, Jerry Judy. Yeah. And, so, and Chase Claypool. And, Clay, and Claypool and Kyler Murray. So I think I think Bryce won that trade in in the wide receiver position. I think he lost overall because he gave up Kyler Murray for Justin Herbert, who is fine, but he's no Kyler Murray. Um, and then I just look at the rest of it, right? You got Chase Edmonds, who's uninspiring, Marvin Jones Jr., Curtis Samuel, Jacoby Myers, Russell Gage, who's an LSU guy. I love him, but I mean, come on. So I, there's a really, there's really one player on his team that sticks out as like, this dude is a beast. This guy can change the game. He's got a couple other solid options. I think Herbert is solid. Robinson and Keenan Allen are solid, but like in your number one receiver, you want someone that's better than solid, right? Like, in, in my opinion, your quarterback, your number one running back, and your number one wide receiver, you want game breakers. And Bryce only has one, and I think that's going to be a really, really big problem because um, I'm looking at his team, and I, I, don't, I wouldn't trade for anybody on his team with the exception of Kamara. Uh, which will be hard to get. Right, which which yeah. he, he the asking prices would probably be too high. So those are my thoughts on Bryce's draft. Just – not a ton of true game breakers other than uh, Alvin Kamara. And he had Kyle Murray, who I would include in that list, but he traded it away. So, yeah. And we'll, I think we'll get to in just a second talking about the, the few trades that have happened in our league so far, but yeah. I actually like the pickup of Keenan Allen to his roster. I think that's a pretty big step up. I, I, um, I agree with you, but. Kyler Murray, in my opinion, is a, is a is a pretty high cost. Um, I think Kyler Murray is going to be a top three quarterback this year in fantasy. Yeah, and he's going to put up like thirty points a game, and that's going to be tough to replace, no matter who you got. Yeah, I don't know if there as is as big of a drop though from Kyler to Justin Herbert, just as much as he passes. I don't know. We'll see. We'll see how it pans out overall. But that that's your choice for the worst draft. Um, Coming out of draft night, um, Lassie, what's your vantage yeah, point? I uh, I'll agree with Will. I'm not going to spend too much time dogging on Bryce. I, I do want to say uh, regarding Joe Mixon, though, intern Steve gave me some interesting little facts here uh, on talking about Joe Mixon versus uh, James Robinson. We were mentioning that. So last season, Joe Mixon played six games. He scored 100 points, 100.6 points in six games. One of those games was week four when he scored 43.1 points. <laughs> okay, so how many points total? He did 60 points in five games, roughly? Yes. Yeah, I mean, that's... James Robinson, on the other hand... Um, Steady Eddie. He... Let me... Sorry, intern Steve's having a hard time pulling this up. Uh, okay, so yeah, James Robinson scored 254.4 last uh, last season. Um I mean, and he had play no, every game, huh? He, he he played every game except the last two. Okay, had a bye week, week eight, and he never scored. He never scored single digits. He was always double digits. Yeah, and if it's so, two fifty four over sixteen games, that's an average of sixteen points a game, just under. Yeah. So, 
Yeah, yeah. I mean, so I I agree, and you know, we will talk about the trade later. I know I, I did give up um, a lot in Keenan Allen. Uh, overall, I still think I, I, you know, it really just depends on how Jerry Judy, I think does, you know, I'm, I'm high on him this year. I think he's going to have a, a breakout year, but um, if he doesn't, you know, that, that's kind of the, the part of, of trading. You just, something, sometimes you just don't know until the end of the season. So. And especially at this point in the season, right? They, right? A game had not been played, has not been played. So, right. Well, guys, I don't know if y'all just saw that the Bucks hit a field goal to, to be up by two. 31-29 with two seconds left. Looks like they're going to pull it out, which is a bummer for all of us Cowboy fans. I love it. Yeah, I know you love it. I you love it. Lassie, don't love it. Can we talk about the Cowboys for a second and how you guys are like Texas? This year is our year. This year. I, I have not and said that. I have not said that. It's every year. I live in Dallas, unfortunately. I'm around Cowboys fans all the time. And every year, they're like, our offense is going to be amazing, blah, blah, blah. Dak, Dak, Dak. Oh, I'm so tired of hearing about it. Well, they're not well, wrong. The Dak, offense is Dak pretty is amazing. Not the problem. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Dak is not you the guys problem. Know, you guys know my feelings on Dak. I so. hear you. I hear you. For, I yeah. think he's, he's better. Great than fantasy quarterback. Great fantasy quarterback. But that's about where I'll draw the line. All right. Well. I'll, I'll chip in a little bit on this one. Um, I really think I'm trying to remember because there's been some trades. I'm trying to remember who was on his roster to start with. But I think Wally might have walked away with the worst draft in my vantage point, even for where he was drafting. Low-hanging fruit. Low-hanging fruit. Yeah, we know that he he likes to snag his Georgia players. And sometimes I think that can sway him to maybe make some – Poor choices in drafting. That's such a nice way to put it. Yeah, you know, uh, and and you know, you I get it. Some people in fantasy football, they're like, I want to have my guys. I want to get some root for my people. Hey, that's totally fine if that's your vantage point. But I also want to win. So maybe sometimes Wally might want to choose somebody besides Georgia player in certain positions. But in in Wally's defense, he has won the league one time. He has, yeah. So maybe it works. Maybe I, I need to think about it. You know, did he did draft, that draft only Todd Gurley? Yes, he did. But while well, uh, Honeycutt, you should just draft uh, Arkansas players. I, that wouldn't be L- as, as good. LOL. <laughs> uh, not as great. Um, but yeah, I, I think, and, and the tough part is, I think he actually got worse after the trade that he just did. So yeah, I think he did too. Uh, which is is rough. I'm sorry, Wally, but I, I I hope you get to cheer on your Georgia Bulldogs. They did have a great win the other night against Clemson. Defense looked stellar. Um, so I mean, go Bulldogs, whatever. So he uh, he gave up uh, Ridley and White for Lockett, Michelle and and Green. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Mm-hmm. That's right. That's correct. I mean, gotcha. great. That's a great segue um, into talking about that. Kind of closes off our our draft section where we just kind of break down a draft and what we ended with our our best and worst. So maybe moving in, I think we've had y'all correct me if I'm wrong. Two two or three trades so far already before the first kickoff. Was it? Let two? me double check that. I think it's just two. I think it's just two trades. Lots of yeah. uh, movement on the waivers though. 
lots moving on the waivers. There was a lot of, I think there was a lot of trade talks, but the two that actually landed was we had a, we had a, a trade between Kyle and Wally. And I mean, we know Kyle, he threw out some Georgia uh, trade bait and uh, it, it worked and uh, traded uh, Sony, Michelle and AJ Green for Ridley and James White. Uh, he did. Uh, Kyle also gave up Lockett. I mean, what's what's y'all's thoughts on that trade? Even lopsided. What's y'all's thoughts? Will I kick it to you? Yeah, I mean, to to me, with the emergence of th- this one's tough, right? Because I do think Tyler Lockett's a good player, but with the emergence of DK Metcalf, kind of halfway through the beginning, or kind of at the beginning of last year. Tyler Lockett's kind of boom or bust, and I think I Calvin totally Ridley. Totally agree. He's going to have a forty-point game. Yeah, and he's going to get yeah. one or two receptions. And I think Calvin Ridley, he might end the season as a top ten. I don't think it's far fetched to say he's going to be a top five wide receiver at the end of the year. I mean, you still have Matt Ryan there, a p- pretty good quarterback, or at least you know he's been good to his wide receivers from a fantasy perspective for a really long time. Julio Jones is gone. You added Kyle Pitts, but I think your number one or number two wide receiver is Russell Gage. Am I wrong about that? In I'm Atlanta? pretty sure I'm right about that. Yes, in Atlanta. Yeah, yeah. He's number and, two. And look, again, Russell Gage, LSU guy, I'm very familiar with him. I almost have a hard time believing he's on an NFL roster, right? Like that's that's the drop off between Calvin Ridley and the number two wide receiver with the Falcons. So, yeah, I think Kyle Pitts is going to be pretty good this year. We'll talk about that a little bit later. But it's hard for me to think that Calvin Ridley is not going to be by far the best player in this trade. And you look at the other three players, Sonny Michelle, AJ Green, and James White, those guys are bench dudes. I mean, James White and Sonny Michelle might get a look in a flex spot, but I don't think we're talking about AJ Green being a top 30 wide receiver at the end of the year in Arizona. Uh, you know? No. Maybe there's maybe he's going to have this AJ Green renaissance with a new blood or whatever, and if that's the case, you know maybe we can reevaluate this trade at the time. But I, I mean, the other three guys are bench guys. Let's be let's be real. So he traded Kyle really for Tyler Lockett. Pretty much, Daddy, Daddy Kyle wins. Yeah, Sony Michelle is probably an upgrade from White, and is probably going to get him more touches with the running back situation he went to, but still yeah. not enough to make up for. Ridley by right. himself. Um, I agree. Ridley's probably a top five guy by the end of the season. So, but maybe not. Maybe we'll need to wait and see how well Cam Lockett get consistent. Yeah, I, I I would hope he is because I've got Russell on my team. Anyways, that's a little of my thought. But I've had Lockett on my team, and he is very boomer bust. Yeah, yeah. type of guy. But uh, that's the that was the first trade. Um, and then also just a, a little bit more on that. In my projections, that that one trade right there bumped up Kyle's team in the projections about five spots when he added Ridley because he didn't give up as much. So I really think I really think he won that trade and it really helped his team. Yeah. So I agree. Good, good move. Hundred percent. Yeah, and so we'll see at the end of the year how it pans out. Um, the other trade we had a, a trade between. Uh, the two runs, run DMC and run CMC. Um, and we had talked just briefly about this deal, but um, I think the big switch was that Kyler for Herbert 
is that was it worth it to try to upgrade in a wide receiver and give up or, or switch it for Kyler? I, I don't know. Um, what are your thoughts? Yeah, I, for this one, this one's a little bit tougher for me to just kind of evaluate and say, like, one or who, who lost this one. Um, I do think that Kyler Murray is the best player in this draft – or, I'm sorry, in this trade – and Keenan Allen's probably the second best. Justin Herbert's probably the third. So if you look at it from that perspective, like, okay, you could buy giving up Kyler to get Herbert and Allen. But I, I'm a fan of Jerry Judy. I, I, I do think he's a pretty good player. And I think this year he, he he's definitely going to be better than what he was last year. I, I think it's probably almost impossible to not think that he couldn't turn into a guy who's going to be a really, really solid wide receiver too for you. So... We'll see. This one's more kind of depending on what your team has or needed. And I think Bryce needed a wide receiver too to kind of help Mm -hmm. his team out. And trading Judy and Claypool to get Keenan Allen is is definitely a good move on Bryce's part. And I do think giving up Kyler for Herbert justifies or, or can be justified by getting Allen for Judy and Claypool, if that makes sense. So um, this one's a little bit more even. And lastly, I think you kind of agree. You, you, you're pretty confident or comfortable with the trade that you just made. And I, I think you have a reason to be. You got the best player in this trade. Um, and while you gave up Keenan Allen to do it, I, I think it was probably a smart move on your part because looking at your roster, I think you definitely upped your weekly points, which is the goal, right? Yeah, I mean the just before he hops hops into it, um, I'm trying to look up the. I'm trying to get intern Steve to give me some stats, and it just ain't happening fast. So, uh, it's projected that Herbert's going to have 334 fantasy points at the end of the year, and then for Kyler, he is projected to have trying to find it. He is projected to have. 374. So that's only 40 points total separation. And so I, I really like the upgrade of Allen for Bryce's roster. I think he needed it bad. And I, I, yeah. I think he gave up two bench, maybe flex, but more so two bench receivers to get a big upgrade in a in number two. Um, and I think yeah, Keenan are, Allen. To your to your point, Keenan Allen is projected to score ninety more points over the course of the season than Jerry Judy is. Yeah. So. Yeah. And so, in that point, I don't know. Um, I was talking to Lassie about this trade actually off, and and I understood his points. He got deeper mm-hmm. in his receivers, which he was trying to do, and he didn't. I mean, and he gained in the quarterback position. So it's kind of. I, I like you said this trade. I kind of think could go both ways. Just it, it looks based off roster, how the roster's built, what benefits yeah. your roster. Well, and and, and, and exactly. And if you look at Lassie's roster, kind of those those big time playmakers that I was talking about. He's got Kyle Murray, Christian McCaffrey, and I could buy the argument that Terry McLaurin's going to be that guy this year in Washington. You know, I, I think he's going to be a pretty good player. So. He's, he's definitely more like fringe than, you know, say, uh, A.J. Brown, for example. But I, th- I do think he could be a pretty pretty darn good player in Washington. And, and 
there's a, a decent shot he could turn into one of those like really kind of game-changing wide receivers for you. A top 10, top 15 guy is going to be a solid, solid wide receiver number one. Yeah, and I think he just gained so much depth. I mean, we saw – I was a little questionable on Gallup as a third receiver, but, I mean, as much as they threw the ball tonight, he got involved. I don't know what he ended up with, but he had, I think, five receptions at least. Yeah. And then he's got Josh Jacobs on his bench right now, which is crazy to think. Um, he's going with Gaskins and Claypool in the flex. Um, so, I don't know. I think he just got deeper, and he improved at quarterback. So. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, not a big shift. I don't think Kyler from Herbert is that much bigger. But like we know, Kyler has the legs. He's probably going to score maybe a rush touch, one or two or three rush touchdowns, and that may change it a little bit. But anyways, I think this is going to be a toss-up. I think they were both roster builders. Um, and, yeah, on, on the trade side, maybe tell me how many trade – how many different trades were you trying to to pull off before the season started? Honestly, like, not many. Okay, you didn't go in depth. You didn't get really deep in a trade and almost pull the trigger. No, and and but just with the way my roster is built this year, like it's going to be for me, and I, I it's going to kind of be a boomer bust kind of thing. Um, you know, I think Saquon and Najee Harris, they could be incredible. They could not be great. So. Um, I do really like my wide receivers, T. Higgins, um, Julio, and CeeDee Lamb. Very, I'm a big fan of all those guys. So, um, yeah, I'm, I'm okay with them. Um, so, yeah, I didn't really want to move anybody quite yet, at least not for something I wasn't super excited about. Um, but anyways, yeah, so I didn't, I didn't really explore yeah. that kind of stuff before the season. Yeah, I mean, I, this is kind of a good segue. We'll, we'll land on this. What are hey, your before – I'm back. Sorry, y'all. I'm back. Um, wanted to – I was listening to y'all's feedback the whole time, and one one thing I want to say. So, you know, um, Honeycutt, you pointed out Kyler's projected more than Herbert, um, uh, you know, pr- for projections. I feel like that's pretty – probably pretty accurate, uh, the way that's coming in. I just felt like the – amount of what Allen is projected over Judy is I think that's going to be a lot slimmer than mm-hmm. what it shows than 90 points, I think is what you said. So, yeah, but I hear you. I mean, I, you know, I, I did give up a lot, especially with Herbert Allen stack. Um, you know, uh, we've talked about stacks um, off offline before, but ultimately I just liked Kyler. Um, thought it gave me more depth, like Honeycutt mentioned, um, you know, and um yeah, we'll we'll see. I'm high on Judy, so it is a risk for sure. I think if Judy pans out like I think he's going to, then I think I win the trade. But he very easily could not because people thought he'd do well his rookie year, and he didn't do that great. So, yeah, no, I mean, I like I think we both said it's going to be a toss up. Um, we'll see how that pans out. Um, but you did remind me of something I was going to hit on following draft night was. Man, guys, if you look at the rosters, we have a lot of stacks. We have a lot of quarterback wide receiver stacks. Um, I'm counting five right now. No, six. Six different teams having quarterback one, quarterback uh, wide receiver one on their rosters. Pretty crazy. And I have Julio and Ryan Tannehill instead of A.J. Brown, so I don't even know if you counted me in that group. But I think that's going to be a pretty effective stack this year too, so. Yeah, I'm, I've got Russell and DK, and I, I really like the stack. So, yeah. um, 
that may be one strategy. I don't know if people meant to do that, but it kind of panned out that way. It's kind of interesting. A little tidbit there, but um, I was trying to remember. Oh, um, Will, Saquon Barkley's week one status has been kind of back and forth uh, on a lot of different uh, um, different sporting uh, broadcasts, I guess. But everyone's kind of fi- trying to figure out, is he going to come in and be Barkley right away? Is it going to be a few weeks? Is that concerning to you as the fantasy owner of Barkley? Or do you like, hey, I kind of knew that going into it, and I'm fine if he gets back to normal by week three or four. Yeah, I mean, honestly, with the way my team's set up, I think if he gets back to normal before playoffs, like I think my team is a top eight team right now. So if he gets back to normal before playoffs, I'm pretty confident with – because I saw a stat where Saquon Saquon Barkley has scored more than 20 points – and over half of his games played in the NFL. Like yeah, that's that's a crazy wow. stat. And crazy. so if 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 he can be that by playoffs, I'm going to be really really comfortable with where my team is. Now, that's not to say I might not move him or whatever. I'm I'm, I'm always looking to move people if I think it makes my team better. But um, yeah, I'm I'm I just need him to get back to Saquon of two years ago or whatever, three years ago, whenever he was you know the best or one of the best running backs in fantasy by playoffs because I like the way my team's built and I think I'll be pretty competitive until that point. Awesome. Cool. Well, let's shift into, I know this is what everybody's waiting for. We're going to put timestamps on here so that y'all managers can know when the segment's coming, but we are about to pass the mic and walk through our preseason power rankings. Will is cool system. Will, and maybe first before you go through it, give us just a quick, how did this system come about? What does it consist of? How do you make these, how does the system make these decisions on where people land? And then walk us through what's the first power ranking. Yeah, it's a complex mathematical formula that I developed about five years ago, if I'm not mistaken. You You guys should see the Excel spreadsheet. It is 12 tabs. Each tab, the rows go about 250 deep in the columns. I go all the way to AZ, so that's uh, like 60 columns. So, yeah, I mean, there's a lot of power behind this, the models that I've built to evaluate players and to place these teams in their appropriate slots. And, you know, the Willis School system has been right quite a bit, honestly, um, you know, I, I had some of your teams pegged as uh, don't believe the hype teams, and I ended up being right. And I've had some teams who were, you know, a bit lower in the standings pegged as really, really good teams that you don't want to mess with. So it's a pretty, pretty uh, foolproof system that was developed over blood, sweat, and tears for about six months uh, during the off season. So. Um, every offseason, I kind of fine tune it and make it make it a little bit better. But yeah, that's a that's a quick rundown of the Willis School system, and then I'll just I'll just jump right in. Real quick, yeah, man, tell, tell, who, who gets your one spot? Oh, we're going twelve to one, dude. I'm not oh, going to okay. reveal my it. number one quite yet. Um, my last place team, uh, my number twelve team, is Bird. Unfortunately, he only has one really elite player, Dalvin Cook. Darren Waller is one of the best tight ends, but I don't know if he's going to be one of the elite overall fantasy football players like I think Dalvin Cook will be. 
Um, if if you're high on Stafford, you know maybe you like him at quarterback. I'm not super excited about it. And I, we we've talked about Robert Woods off air. I think he is a terrible wide receiver one. I think he's a decent wide receiver too, but like kind of one of those guys where if he's your number wide receiver number one, you got to have real star power at the running back position. And again, Bird has Dalvin Cook, but his second running back is now Tyson Williams with Baltimore. So I just, you know, not great. DJ Moore is – sorry, go ahead. He was was looking much better with Gus Edwards after after, um, J.K. Dobbins went out, and now it's it's rough for him. But even so, Gus Edwards, I'm not super excited about that with the quality of wide receivers that he has. I hate Patriots running backs. Like, I'd never draft them. Damian Harris, get him out of here. You look at his bench, he has Devontae Smith and Jalen Waddell. It's really hard for rookie wide receivers to make a huge impact. So we'll see if one of those guys can step up and maybe replace Robert Woods or DJ Moore, who are okay, but not the kind of game-breaking playmakers you want. So that's yeah, my number 12. DJ, DJ Moore is also another player, man. He he, I had him last year. He either had 25 to 30 points or he had one yeah. reception. Yeah, he's he's pretty pretty boomer bust. So um, my number eleven, and we've kind of talked about this team a little bit, so I won't go into too much detail. But is is Run DMC, uh, Bryce, Kamara, and at the time Kyler. This is what I had in my notes: Kamara plus Kyler plus no one. Um, <laughs> now, obviously, that's changed a little bit. He's added Justin Herbert and Keenan Allen, which I think does improve his team a little bit, but not enough to really move the needle in my rankings. I like the next team I'm going to talk about. A little bit more for a couple reasons. Um, so my number ten team, Gangsta's Paradise. DeAndre Hopkins is great. Travis Kelsey might be the most valuable player in fantasy because he is so much better than any other tight end. And, you know, Waller's great. And you great. have to have a tight end, right? Waller's great. Kittle's good, but there's just no one quite like Travis Kelsey. It's kind of like Gronk, like six years ago or whatever. It's like there's no one else. That's the case with Travis Kelsey. Which um, is Gronk back. He had two touchdowns tonight. Uh, I, I hope he it. is. I hope he yeah. is. So, and I'll get to that in a second. Um, I also think he had the Zach Ertz, which I think is a nice, sneaky, little, deep kind of draft, uh, draft play. He also has Michael Thomas sitting on his bench. So, if you look at his team, he's got Jalen Hurts, who I think he has a really high floor. Yeah. You know, I think you're looking at 15 points as his minimum. I don't – because he'll, he'll run the ball and he'll get you some points. I do not like his running backs, which, again, is why he's 10th in my draft. But DeAndre Hopkins plus Michael Thomas plus Odo Beckham Jr., if he's healthy, that's pretty darn good. You know, that, that can really do some damage. So, 10th-ranked team, Gangsta's Paradise. Um, Chubby traded Ridley for Lockett. Ugh, that's tough. That's tough. Yeah, so, do you move him down in the rankings because of that mover? Or no, is this, is this he's, post-trades? He's, this is post-trades. He's going to stay right there, and there's there's a couple reasons why. Patrick Mahomes is yeah. way better than Jalen Hurts or, in my opinion, Justin Herbert or um, – who does Bird have? Matt Stafford. Mahomes is going to be great. I think that's a really, really solid player and one you can really lean on to get you some really awesome points during the year. And then Nick Chubb is is fantastic. I think Cooper Cup is good. I think you run into trouble, kind of like I mentioned with him as your wide receiver number one. But also, I'm looking at his list. 
his uh his draft. I think Jamar Chase in the flex. I think Jamar Chase by the end of the year will be a really really good kind of wide receiver number two. So while Chubby Gurley's won't have an extremely you know game changing player wide receiver, I think Patrick Mahomes and Nick Chubb do enough to kind of keep him at number nine. Um, number eight is the Willenium Falcons. Um, I might have moved me up a little bit after the games tonight, but I really do think this team's kind of the ultimate boomer bust team. Ryan Tannehill, I think, is always a boom. He's been one of the best fantasy quarterbacks the last few years. People Sneaky sleep, good. people yeah. sleep on him, but I won a championship with Ryan Tannehill. Like, it can be done. Uh, Saquon Barkley, we kind of talked about him. If he's healthy, he's phenomenal. So let's just hope for my sake he's healthy. Najee Harris is a beast. Um, I'm pretty confident he's going to be really good, but with rookies, you never really know. And so that's kind of why I'm eh. – CeeDee Lamb, it's a very crowded wide receiver room in Dallas, but I think he's going to be the best of the group. He didn't prove it tonight. Amari Cooper outscored him probably 2-1. to one. I need to double-check those scores. But CeeDee Lamb still put up like 24 points, really solid effort. Julio Jones is – Great. I have no reason to believe he's not going to be fantastic with Tennessee. Yeah, they're going to run the ball with Derrick Henry, but it's going to be Julio Jones and A.J. Brown, and that's going to be great for me, I think. Mark Andrews is solid. T. Higgins, kind of like I talked about. I'm a fan of any of the Cincinnati wide receivers. And then a couple guys on my bench are kind of boomer bust. Javante Williams, Terrace Marshall, Rob Gronkowski, who went off tonight. That was fantastic. Um, and then a guy like Justin Fields, right, picked up in the late rounds, who I think a lot of people are high on. I didn't really – think mm-hmm. they would be but uh, apparently a lot of people are so we'll see how that plays out i think my team might move up a little bit because i i was unsure if cd would prove that he could be kind of that number one guy but i do think there's enough room in that cowboys receiver group and the Bengals receiver group for t higgins and cd to be really really solid fantasy performers uh number seven we'll go with the funky town fellas uh we've talked about them i love their starters their bench is weak that's why um, yeah, so interesting. They walked away with the best draft, but only seven positions in the power yeah, rankings. Yeah, but if I'm not okay. mistaken, let me see. Where did they draft? Do we know where they drafted? I, I think it was late. It was it was definitely past six. It was at one after you. I think they were ninth. Yeah, so that's kind of why, right? They okay. they ended up with a really, really solid team at nine, and I was very impressed with that. Um, number six, we'll go with – the new guy, the big easy, um, Josh Allen, Derrick Henry, A.J. Brown. Now you're kind of getting to that group of people where, okay, they got three really solid playmakers. You look at their backup guys. I'm a huge fan of Kyle Pitts. I almost drafted yeah. Kyle Pitts, but uh, Monty picked him up right before I was going to draft him, maybe a pick or two ahead of me. Antonio Brown went off tonight. If he turns in even kind of like half the performance he had tonight, watch out for the big easy. They're going to be really, really good. I'm not a huge fan of Robbie Anderson. Um, but I think he's got enough talent here where if he really wants to improve over receiver position, uh, he can. Um, and then number five, we're looking at Matty Ice and the boys. So, uh, All right, there we go. Good spot. Like yeah, good, pack. good spot, right in the middle of the pack. So a couple of reasons why I like Matty Ice and the boys. Russell Wilson, solid. DK Metcalf's great. Devontae Adams. Um, James Robinson and Mike Davis aren't phenomenal. Like I, I don't, I think you're higher on James Robinson than I am, Honeycutt. 
but I love Russell Wilson. I love DK Metcalf. I love Devonta Adams. Who doesn't, right? But um, I also like Corey Davis to be kind of a sneaky bench player for you that might turn in some really good performances. Um, and I think you're higher on LaVisca Chenault than I am, but I am watching him closely because I think he could could be solid. Could be a breakout player. Just yeah. throwing that out there. And then next I have run CMC, uh, Kyler Murray, Christian McCaffrey, Terry McLaurin, all great. I like your bench. You've got Josh Jacobs on the bench. Um, you have Miles Gaskin starting. I think that might flip. Uh, I know Josh Jacobs is questionable, which is probably why you have him there. Uh, you also picked up Latavius Murray, who I think might be a solid pickup for whomever um, picks him up. But, yeah, I really like Kyler Murray and Christian McCaffrey. It's going to be really hard to beat a team with those two players. Um, I think they're both going to be great. Number three, Daddy Kyle. I'm kind of th- rethinking this one after the dud that Ezekiel Elliott pulled tonight. Ooh, I kind yeah. of I kind of had them at three because Aaron Rodgers is going to be on Aaron Rodgers' revenge tour. Justin Jefferson is going to be great. Calvin Ridley is going to be great. George Kittle is great. Players I don't love on his team. Juju Smith-Schuster is a starter. I don't love him. I don't really love anybody on his bench. I don't love Zeke, but I kind of thought, I, you know, is Zeke going to be old Zeke? Didn't show it tonight, but it's early. I also really like Raheem Moster, and plus with San Francisco, you know, mm-hmm. if someone there gets touches, they're going to be really solid for fantasy. So watch out for him. He has had some injuries. He got hurt last year. But um, if Zeke can be anything like Zeke from two years ago, this team's going to be really, really good. Um, number two, hold real my quick, cook. Real quick, ahead, Zeke. Not trying to be a homer, not trying to be a Cowboys fan, but – Two things, just on the performance tonight, I think play calling wasn't in his favor. They threw the ball a lot, and I think they, they did. did that because of the Bucks' front seven are just really stellar. Yes. So I would I expected this week to not be as great, but I still think he looked he looked fine. I think he'll pick it back up. Yeah. Um, and he has early, dropped like some said, weight, guys. I don't know if you noticed that. He, he, he has did. he summed up a ton. Yeah. So we'll see. I, I agree with you. It's early, and I think he, you know, if if he can perform like he did a couple years ago, this is gonna be a really tough team. Next, hold my cook, Lamar Jackson, the highest floor maybe of anybody in fantasy football from a quarterback position. Tyreek Hill is great. I'm a huge fan of Kareem Hunt and the flex. I thought Mike Evans would be a really really good player this year. He didn't show it tonight, but again, it's early. AB got a lot of action tonight. Gronk got a lot of action tonight. I don't necessarily expect either of those players to sustain the level that they got tonight. Miles Sanders is a little boomer bust, um, and he's probably the one player on that team where I'm a little iffy about. I'm a fan of Austin Hooper. Um, you know, I think he's going to be a top 10 tight end for whatever that is worth in fantasy football. Uh, if you're not, you know, Travis Kelsey. But, you know, Miles Sanders is a little iffy for me. But other than that, I think this is a really good team. Like I mentioned, Lamar can be incredible from a quarterback position. I think Jonathan Taylor is going to be pretty, pretty darn good this year. And then that leaves one team left, and that's Omar Pachacano, no keepers league. I'm super high on I'm super high on Austin Eckler. I think Chris Carson is solid. I'm really, really high on both Stephon Diggs and Chris Godwin. TJ Hawkinson is a solid, solid tight end. His bench, too. I look at his bench. Tyler Boyd is going to – I think Tyler Boyd's going to sneak in and play that flex. Mm-hmm. Um, and if he does, that means Brandon Ayuk goes to the bench. And Brandon Ayuk finished the year probably as good as anybody last year. So, 
maybe some trade bait, maybe can uh, improve on Chris Carson, which would be phenomenal for this team if he can trade one of those guys. Also, sneaky, sneaky, Young Way Koo, really, really solid kicker. So, and I'll leave it with that. Those are my preseason power rankings uh, for 2021. Nice. Very good. Interesting, too. I think we, you know, uh, intern Steve threw up here onto our onto our show notes, um, you know, the draft position of everyone. Thank, and thanks, intern Steve. Still quit, quit ruffling the, the papers. Yeah, um, it is interesting, though, Will. By definition, wouldn't you then think that Omar or Tate had the best draft because your preseason power rankings have them at the top two and they drafted the bottom two positions? <clears throat> yes and no. Um, a couple reasons why I might not. So – I do think, especially Omar, for example, getting like Austin Eckler and Stephon Diggs, what, it probably picks 11 and, or 12 and 13. Is that what happened? Uh, I'll check from intern Steve. Give me a second. Yeah. yeah I mean, but and, I, I and guess what you're, what you're saying, that was their draft position. And so he got the players he was supposed to get. Right. But, is that, is that but I think, got? yes. But I also think that <clears throat> of the team with the best starters, he got it I with think. pick 11. And what would be pick 14? Okay. But I do think the team with, like, the best starters is the Funky Town Fellas. I think those starters are going to be really, really hard to beat. I don't think anyone's going to beat them now. The reason why they're low in the power rankings is because if one of those guys gets hurt, the bench is terrible. And he's got no one that I think would be a valuable trade asset for him to maybe – upgrade his flex, for example. Whereas I look at a team like Omar's team, and again, he's got Tyler Boyd on the bench. He's got Kenyon Drake on the bench, who, say we want about Kenyon Drake, Devin Singletary, this this falls into, this applies to him as well. They have put in really solid fantasy performances in the past and could potentially be relied upon to do it again. But if you look at Matt Lance's team, there's no one on the bench that puts – solid fantasy performances in the past with the exception of Dallas Goddard, who's a tight end. So what do we really care? Right. So it's a good point. All right. Well, there you have it. People of the league. That is our preseason power rankings. Walking Run through them. Just one. the team names real quick again. Uh, Will just so, just so people get them. Bird run DMC gangsters paradise. Chubby Girlies, Millennium Falcons, Funky Town Fellas, The Big Easy, um, Matty Ice, Run CMC, Daddy Kyle, Hold My Cook, No Keepers League. And there you have it, people. Um, preseason power rankings, walking into week one. So maybe, Will, tell me, is this just preseason or is this also week one power rankings? These, will be, these, are, these are going into the games this weekend. Um, okay. Obviously, after and tonight, after this weekend and tonight's games, the power rankings will be updated, and I'll uh, have a new new rankings for next week. And what we'll do is we'll keep this original twelve set, and we'll kind of do uh, plus or minus from here on out for each week, kind of who moved up spots, who went down spots, um, so that we can kind of refer back to different weeks in the original preseason power rankings and where they have have how far they've come as a team. So um, excited for, I mean, we've already had one game as we talked about Cowboys bucks, but excited for this week one and maybe to wrap up the show. I know we've, we've gone long. We're trying to wrap it up, but maybe real quick, 
real quick running through our breakout players of the whole season and some rookies of the year. So first, Will, kick us off with who do you feel like is your just breakout player? If you had to choose one player, who would that player be? Yeah, so I went with like a non-obvious one, right? Because like C.D. Lamb, for example, I think a lot of people have him, him as a breakout player. So I went Henry Ruggs third. You know, I think he's a really, really good player. I think he's been there for a year. I think he'll be really, really good uh, in Vegas. And then I have a sneaky section, second option. Watch out for Corey Davis in New York with the Jets. Love it. Love it. Got him on my team. Awesome. Um, Lassie, you want to kind of throw out who's your breakout player? Yeah, so uh, I, I I do want the record to show I put this player down well before the game tonight, and it so far is proving to be true. But I put Antonio Brown. Um, I think he is going to just have a – I think he's going to have a great season. He's kind of a big name, especially from the past, but he, you know, with being in uh, the – I think the broadcast said tonight he was in Oakland for about 20 minutes, um, <laughs> which was funny. And, uh, you know, after all the – just the things that happened with surrounding him coming down to, to Tampa Bay. I know I've heard he has a good connection with Tom Brady. I know Tom really wanted him there. Um, I know as in like I heard personally from Tom Brady that he really wanted him there. Uh, I think Antonio Brown's going to have a really great season, especially compared to where he was being drafted. Um, so yeah, he's, he's my breakout player for the year. 24 points in week one is what intern Steve just let me know. I mean, that's crazy. Yeah, man. We'll see if he can keep that up. Well, for me, breakout player, I was trying not to pick someone from my team, but I, I did. <laughs> Homer, uh, Homer pick. Uh, w- William had Corey Davis on there, which is another one on my team that I really like. That I think is going to be a could be a breakout player, but I really think Lavishkish Chanel Jr. is going to have a great season. Uh, I think he's going to kill it in receptions. Um, that's the only thing. His yardage and his touchdowns may not follow with his receptions, but I think if those things can link together, I think he's going to be a breakout player. It's going to take some huge strides in year two with Trevor Lawrence. Um, so that's my breakout player of the year before the season gets kicked off. And then let's kind of head over. Uh, anybody have feedback on any of those before we head on to rookie of the year? Nope. No, I think these are solid. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. As far as rookie of the year, maybe last you want to want to get us kicked off on who do you feel like is going to perform the best as a rookie? Yeah. So I'll I'll throw out two guys here. I think um, they're you know again just looking at where they were drafted and and where I think they'll finish the year um, in their in the ranking of their position. Javante Williams for Denver. I just have a feeling as the season progresses, he's going to slowly take over uh, the backfield there um, and and just kind of run away with it, no pun intended. Um, and then another guy, I, I think, Matt, I'm, Honeycutt, you may remember on NFL draft night, not our draft, but the actual draft, I, I thought Justin Fields was going to be a bust. Um, as I've I I learned more about him, you know, done research on him during training camp and things like that. He is, I think he's going to eventually take over for Andy Dalton. I mean, why on earth wouldn't he take over for Andy Dalton? Cause it's Andy Dalton who's terrible. Um, 
And I think he, I mean, he has similar build to Kyler Murray. I think he's going to, I think he could really break out as a, as you know, kind of that, that rookie quarterback uh, towards the end of the season. And I'm, and intern Steve's telling me both of these guys are on the William Falcons. So congrats, Will. I drafted well, apparently. Nice. Okay. Quick question on that though. Let's do a quick poll for us. Who's going to be the better rookie quarterback, Justin Fields, Trevor Lawrence? What do we think? I, over the course of the season, I think the person that finishes with the most points is Trevor Lawrence. But, you know, I think on a per-game basis, I'm probably going to go Justin Fields. From a fantasy standpoint. Right. But, like, what I'm saying is Lawrence is going to yeah. play every game. But if yeah. you go on a per-game basis, I'm going Justin Fields. Kind of like the, sa- the same argument you have with any running quarterback, right? Like, Justin Fields can move a little bit. By the way, Clemson was trying to sell this this – Trevor Lawrence can run thing for the 2019 national championship. That's garbage. Don't believe it. Justin Fields can actually run Trevor Lawrence's blah. I think his, his floor is higher. So I'm going to go Justin Fields there. Okay. Yeah. I think, I think Trevor Lawrence is, a, is maybe a safer, safer play week to week, especially because he'll play every week. Like Will said, I think Justin Fields could be a league winner. A league winner. Like I think, Ooh. I think he has the potential wow. to to win somebody the league because because of how much potential. Like I'm, I'm not saying he will be a league winner. I'm just saying I think he has that potential. I don't think Lawrence is the league winner. Like I think Fields could be special enough to come in and be like a Justin Herbert was last year, or you know, one of those guys who just like. And I know Justin Herbert didn't win the guy that or, you know, whoever won the league last year. I know he didn't win in the league, but you get what I'm saying yeah. is like. He has this potential, I think, that's just through the roof. I mean, and that's what you get with a running quarterback, and he, he can throw. He's not a Jalen Hurts who, who isn't, a, isn't great at passing. Like, he can throw and he can run. You know, Kyler Murray kind of build. I think I think that's, you know, Russell Wilson kind of build. I think that's the – I'm going to go with Justin Fields there too. Well, I'm currently accepting trade offers for Justin Fields. So, if you, <laughs> you want to win the Ky- league, Kyler if you want to win the Justin league – if you want to take a step forward, yeah, send um, me a trade request. I, and I hear what you're saying, Lassie. It's he's going to be a later in the season win the league guy. Yes, if, when he yeah. steps into that role, yeah, I get, I get what you're saying for sure. Um, but good, good picks. Will, what about you? What, what is your rookie of the year selection? I think it's Kyle Pitts. We kind of talked about how Calvin Ridley's the only guy in Atlanta. Yeah. You throw Kyle Pitts in there. I saw him play in person in 2019, and he was the best player on the field, including Joe Burrow in the first half of the LSU-Florida game in 2019. Uh, he is phenomenal. I'm very confident he's going to be a pretty pretty darn good tight end to start the year. Um, and I, I kind of mentioned this before, a sneaky homer pick. I really like Terrace Marshall. I think he'll score double-digit touchdowns this year. Yes, I said it. Double-digit touchdowns. Um He's going to be really down, people. Put it he's going to be paper. he's going to be really valuable for them. Let's say at least five, but I do think he'll hit double digits. Um, but yeah, I, I'm I'm a huge fan of Terrace Marshall. I think he'll be the go-to guy inside the twenty for the uh, for the Carolina Panthers. Okay. What about you, Honeycutt? Yeah. So um, I'm not, I won't talk too much about Kyle Pitts. I agree with Will. I think he's got a really good. He's in a really good team really good situation um there with he's probably the number two pass catcher um and he has the talent to do it 
in at the tight end position. I mean, he's a great dynasty league. If we were doing a dynasty league, he would be at the top of my list because, again, tight end is just an elite position. Anyways, but my number one rookie of the year, and this is strictly coming from he is just going to get a ton of touches, Najee Harris. Again, another one of Willennium Falcons players. Uh, So I guess he just had a great draft, but – it, it, it's. I, I think it's not necessarily a boomer bust. Like I think he's going to perform. He's a he's a Bama guy. I think he's going to be good. Am I number one in the All Star rankings? No, not necessarily. <laughs> not not total top to bottom. I mean, this is breakout players and rookies of the year. So that's true. So that rookie of the year could average twelve points, but be the best rookie. So exactly. I think Najee will probably be higher than that. Um, I mean, he's got a chance to be top 15 back just with the, as much volume as he's going to get, which is crazy to think for a rookie, but could be. Yeah, I don't have power rankings yet because I'm still developing the John is cool system. So, mm. Okay. Mm. Nice. Um, well, that's our rookies of the year. Guys, I think that's it. I think that is the close of episode one of the podcast. Um any closing statements or last final remarks before we sign off? Yeah, I just want to hit on tonight's game a little bit. I think all in all is a really good fantasy day for most teams. Um, you know, a lot of players scored above 20 points. Um, Amari Cooper scored 40 points. Uh, you know, CeeDee Lamb got 25. Dak got 30. Even Greg Deleg Zerline had a really tough start, scored 10 points, double-digit points for run CMC. And then Brady and Godwin, 28-24, Antonio Brown, 25. And then there were two duds, two huge letdowns amongst the starters. Zeke only had six points, which we, we've hit on. Tough Tampa Bay front, but that stinks. And then Mike Evans only scoring 5.4 points. So he's really tough for, I think, both Daddy Kyle and Cook to uh, win this week when really two of their main guys – score less than six points. That's a tough little swallow. But all in all, in general, a really, really solid fantasy football week. I guess because teams were throwing the ball so much. Uh, all these wide receivers and quarterbacks did great. But really solid night tonight for a lot of teams. Yeah, and yeah. maybe a position you did mention. I'm going to circle the tight end uh, position. Gronk came away with two touchdowns, but also Dalton Schultz came in. I mean, he had 10.5, and that's not a bad showing for a tight end. Yeah, that's that's decent, especially for, uh, yeah, Dalton Schultz. I mean, that's that's not bad. Oh, and uh, who has who has Gronk, by the way? Oh, gosh. You do. I think it, I think How am I not number one in those power rankings? I don't understand. I don't have power rankings. Okay. Yeah, it's your system. <laughs> but anyways, I, I think we, we talked about Blake Jarwin earlier. And maybe how that was a bad pick. And it now it may have been even a worse pick because Dalton Schultz may be the number one tight end there. And he got a lot of volume. So, anyways, that was my takeaway from tonight's game. Yeah, I, I agree. I, if you would have told me um, after the game that my kicker would have outscored Zeke by 4.1 points, I would have been ecstatic, and I'm pretty happy. So yeah, <laughs> um, yes. that's good. And then, uh, you know, another thing to note, too, is Tony Pollard, man, is he was a lot more involved than I think, the, you know, he's not just, you know, fantasy relevance. I don't know if he's going to score enough points week to week, but he's he's more than just an insurance handcuff to Zeke. Um 
I mean, it just, you know, he had 8.3 points. He outscored Zeke this week, you know, tonight. So Yeah, how many, uh, how many touches did he have? I'm curious in that. He had five carries, two receptions. And, I mean, he, he looked much more involved in the game than I expected. Yeah, yeah. Watching, so that's a good point. And look, get this Amari Cooper stat line. He had 13 receptions, 139 yards, and two touchdowns. That is insane. I mean, like, that's crazy. You know, and, 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 and so much. Yeah, and and Ceedee Lamb still got twenty five points. Like I think if you have a Dallas Cowboys wide receiver, you're and and Gallup had seven point six. Like if if one of those touchdowns goes to Amari Cooper, I'm sorry, from Amari Cooper goes to Michael Gallup, which is completely reasonable. I mean, you're looking right. at three Cowboys wide receivers with like fifteen points or more. If you have a Cowboys wide receiver, tonight's a good night. He did end up questionable. I just saw that pop up on his uh, player profile. Cooper I, I did, huh? See no, I saw Michael Gallup. Sorry. Oh, Gallup. Okay. So interesting. I was looking up. Um, he had yeah, four right. catches. He has... um, but yeah, and honestly, with Cooper, I think this is a high week for Cooper. And what I'm meaning by that is he's usually pretty consistent. And so he is usually always in that seven to nine catch range. And he pulled away in week one with 13. I mean, almost 40 points. And so that's going to help his end-of-the-year point total go up a little bit. But um, good showing for Cooper and the receiver of the Cowboys. Um, what about – maybe before we sign off, this is something else uh, we might could get to. I don't know if we want to, but any uh, any matchups that we really like this week between any of the managers in week one? Like any like, man, this is going to be a good duel. Any that y'all are seeing? Well, it seems like a lot of them are very one-sided after the game tonight. <laughs> so the only two that weren't one-sided, Chubby Girlies versus Gangsters. Although if you look at their projected total, uh, the Gangsters are already supposed to outscore them by 15 points. So that might not be a good example. But I think with with uh, Daddy Collins scoring six points, Run seems he's got a much better shot than I would have said he did, did before this game. Um but other than that, I think a lot of teams have made it tough for the teams that didn't play tonight because uh, a lot of people scored a lot of points. So, Man, I'm telling you, I, I hate those nights where I had nobody playing tonight, so it just looks lopsided. And um, he had Tom Brady. Uh, I'm talking about no keepers. Yeah, um, I don't know if you have a shot this week. I think, uh, and the projections, we were like – 50-50, 119 to 119, and then they pulled off way better performances than their um, what they were projected. So, I don't know. We'll see. Here's the thing, though. Would it be so outrageous if Russell Wilson and DK Metcalf did the same thing? No, it wouldn't. I, I don't know. know if they will against Indy's defense, but we'll see. That's true. No, that's a good point. I'm just saying it's like they're. it's not like they're so far removed from being able to do that. But Yeah, he just got way more out of uh, – those two players and he was supposed to. So, Honeycutt, why are you putting Adams in the flex? Um, because he plays his kickoff is on Sunday later. Mm-hmm. Gotcha. And so if, if something happens, I don't think there is anything going to happen, but just in case I can move him out. That's the kind of 4D him. chess that you guys, that everyone in this league needs to remember. That's mm-hmm. how you win the league right there. Yeah, yeah. Cortland Sutton plays at that same time, so I could sneak him in. At that spot, I, now do I want to do that with my my number one pick? No, yeah. but just in case, just in case. 
good catch though, John. Good catch. I saw that earlier, and I was just I figured that was why, but I you know I uh, thought I'd, I'd th- throw it out there for the podcast universe. Yes, and then I mean what Will said, I, I was gonna my the one I had circled was run CMC against Daddy Kyle, and especially after tonight's performance from Zeke, I, I think that's kind of switched. I thought he. I thought he has a really good starting team, Daddy Kyle. And I think with that performance, I think you kind of took the lead in that now and have the opportunity to win the week. So, Yeah, we were pretty uh, – the the win probability was, was right. I mean, it was pretty 50-50 um, leading up till tonight. And um, he was projected a little bit more than me initially. But, yeah, we'll see. I mean, you know, I still – I mean, lots of football left. Lots of football left. Yeah, and has the projections already uh, switched based off performances tonight? Yeah. The projected totals? Okay, yeah. yeah, I'm seeing that now. Yeah, Omar really took the lead on me. Yes, he does. <laughs> and then Funky Town Fellas is projected 151. Looks like the yeah. projection we have on the board. Uh, little little uh, sneak preview here. They have a good shot at being in the top three for the um, power rankings for next week. They do if the if the rest of the team performs, we will see. Well, guys, uh, I am so excited about this podcast uh, episode one about to be in the books. Um, guys, I mean, anything else you want to mention just on your excitement or what's to come in the future of the podcast? Really pumped! I think you know we're going to release this one without a maybe without an intro and outro song. Um, but we're working on that to make it a little bit more enjoyable to listen to. And I think, you know, week to week, we're going to get better. Um, intern Steve wrote down all the uh, timestamps. So we'll post those and if people want to skip around. They can do that. Um, but, you know, I, I, we're going to get better week to week. We'll get more. We had a lot to cover this, this episode with the draft and everything. So that'll be different too, but I'm really excited for this thing to get it going. And um, yeah, it's been, it's just been a long time coming. I tried to get Will and Honeycutt to do this last year, and they didn't want to, and now we're doing it. Nice. Will, any any last remarks? Yeah, I'm really excited to do my power rankings. Uh, you know, I spent about – I was in a four-hour tax class in the fall of 2019, and every week I spent the full, full four hours writing the power rankings. So – um, while those power rankings were incredibly well researched and logically deduced, uh, my statements regarding these power rankings are going to be much less researched and in some cases wrong. So I'm excited to not put as much effort into it, but to still have some fun doing it, which is really, really exciting. Um, and I also think like, you know, week to week we'll have power rankings. We'll have like really solid, we'll, we'll, commend those teams with solid performances and then we'll look at the the upcoming week ahead and predict some matchups and some wins so really really excited for this week to week um yeah it's gonna be super fun and i i just like talking fantasy football so this uh this creative outlet to, to do that's gonna be a fun weekly thing to to do and that is episode one of the fl ffl podcast your host signing off keep it chilly my friends peace out i don't listen to fantasy football podcasts